You're listening to Frequency.fm. So, on this special day, November 11th, 2014, I am chatting with a couple of our contributors. We've got Jessica Collins and Gabriel Allred, and you may remember Gabriel from uh, previous episodes of Wise Words and both the podcast, but they're um, actually contributors with us now. But the reason we've brought them here to chat this morning is because they are part of the most recent release of CFNI's uh, worship recordings, the 40th, which is called Kingdom. So we figured since we've got them in-house as contributors, why not take advantage of that fact to chat with them a bit about their experience with the recording and get a sense of not just what it was like, but uh, why you should lay down 10 bucks to listen to these folks sing. Fair enough? Good stuff, Joe. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So uh, we've already been chatting for about 40 minutes, and nothing of any intelligence has come out of it. But we're going to go ahead and start (laughs) that now. So I guess the first thing to ask is, uh, this is the 40th recording. How many recordings have each of you participated in at CFNI leading up to this 40th? I think I did seven. No. Well, seven that I was uh, the worship director over. And I think one or two others that I just happened to play on previously. Gotcha. Jessica? Yeah. I did five total. Um, I did three as a student, and then I took a year off and came back as a staff member and did two more. And so the two that I did as a staff member were No Ordinary Love and this one that's coming out, Kingdom. Very good. So each of you has participated in a number of recordings. Tell me what made Kingdom different from the others that you participated in. Um, I think this one for me personally was a lot more significant because I had more of an opportunity to not only be a vocalist, but I got the opportunity to be there throughout the entire process from you know, set ideas to song selection, to arrangements, to figuring out, you know, how we wanted to change things vocally, figuring out how we wanted to arrange the night um, logistically so that we could fit all the songs in because we had a lot of material to cover. And so I really enjoyed the opportunity to kind of flex my creative muscles and get an opportunity to learn not just how to sing songs, but how to help a recording. I mean, an album, a project, basically. Gabriel? It was, uh, each recording is very different. And uh, because uh, the nature of uh, Christ for the Nations being a school, and the students are there for a short amount of time, and then they're gone. So every every recording has, um, it's like a pot of soup. It's got different ingredients in it each, each round. So they all have very distinct sounds and very different textures involved. Um, which makes it uh, quite a challenge every year to, when you're you're writing and trying to produce something because you don't really know what you're going to have to to work with until you get on top of it. So over the years, there, there are recordings that have been um, that have been very fond of. There have been other recordings that I wasn't weren't necessarily my favorites, but they have uh, all of all of the recordings have moments on them that uh, I still cherish today. But um, this recording has to be by far my favorite as far as what was produced in it, uh, the, the spontaneous worship that happened on the night. I think we have, um, um, when, we, when we pushed stop on the recording, um, we had, uh, I think, just over two hours mm-hmm. of live music that occurred. 
and almost half of that was just, uh, or probably half of that was just spontaneous worship, listening to the audience just worship and singing out. And um, so it's that's really important to me is when when we work on recordings that we don't get so locked into producing the map, if you will, of the song and then stopping and starting the next song, but that we get so comfortable with the material that worship can actually happen in the middle of it. And um, in the past, we've uh, we even had a recording where we kind of experimented not learning the music real well so that we could become, so that we could have more opportunity to flow. And that didn't work as well. But um, the textures in it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was very different. The, the guys that we had, they all, it, it was it was the most peaceful, I'll put it this way, it was literally the most peaceful time I've had um, writing and arranging with a team of musicians. Because normally they are the more volatile of <laughs> individuals. And literally, I don't remember one feud or um, nope. any kind of a disagreement during the during the whole and we were writing, working together. Love Jesus in the middle of it. Turned out really well. Now, so maybe the difference would be because we had Jessica so involved in the process that there was a fear of Jessica. Do you think that's possible? It's true. I'm quite the intimidating person. <laughs> yeah, she's scary. <laughs> One of the things that I note when I listen to a, a live worship recording is the flow of the album. Because I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if I were present there. And there's albums that I listen to that I think, man, I'm glad I wasn't there because this is maybe the most boring experience that anybody could have possibly had. Where there's others where you can really, the, the excitement or the, the, let's say, the worshipfulness of it is very tangible. So two hours, you said, and you culled that down to how many songs and how long? Well, on the, the CD, you know, a CD will hold 74 minutes or so. So that one we had to cut. Uh, I think three, we had to cut three songs and about 90% of the spontaneous stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the iTunes, um, iTunes will have a deluxe version that will be really long. I don't remember how long it is. 26 tracks. Wow. Oh yeah. It's got, it's got 26 tracks on it. Yep. Uh, most of that is spontaneous. Um, it's not all of the spontaneous. We, we cut out the stuff that, you know, we're, um, somebody who wasn't standing in the room, um, it wouldn't mean anything to them. Right. Um, if we stood there in silence for 10 seconds, you know, we're going to cut that out. For you. But otherwise, it's fairly intact. It is, yeah. So when you're putting together that worship set and trying to understand flow, you have to consider what it's going to be like on the album plus what it's going to be like for the people present. Uh, can, yeah. Give me some perspective what goes into the thought process when you're trying to decide how those fit together, just some general thoughts. Well, I, initially, the first the first thing that we do once we have our song selected is we start introducing them to the student body and seeing how it clicks with the students that we have at that time. And I think being able to see how they respond to those songs helps kind of, um, it helps give us a context for where we should fit the songs in the set. You know, if there's a song that they absolutely love that's really fast and high energy, it's a good idea to open with that one. Or if you know that there's a song that they're going to be, you know, it may not be the fastest song ever, but we're they're really excited about it, which on, on this album I would say would be Spirit Burn, which is the first track that we did after we took a break. 
And so being able to go into that song was really, you know, high energy. You can hear people just getting really excited because as soon as they hear that guitar line, they know where it's going <laughs> and they're excited about it. Um, and then after that, you know, we just kind of, we keep going through the set and keep refining it. Um, one of my favorite things about our set this year was that um, we had kind of pieced together our final, we had pieced together our final set list and then we sang and um, did worship for the Tuesday night service before the Friday night recording. And as we were doing it, we had put um, two songs together that hadn't normally or initially gone together. And the way that they flowed together, the way that it worked, we knew that we had to take and change things around to make sure these two songs fit together really well. Um, it was Fire in My Bones, and then it goes into The Whole Earth, which has uh, Klaus on it. And so Klaus came out and kind of carried that momentum into his song. And so it just felt like a really great moment that was just extended even longer when you put those two songs together. So I think there are moments like that where you realize, you know, these two songs have to go together. They have to be in this place. And it all just kind of falls together over time. So if I was only going to spend $2, which two songs would you download? Mm. Oh, no. uh, that's, that's hard to say because currently when I listen to the album, and again, being, being the one who is the, probably the most involved in the whole thing and should be the most burned out on it at this point and I'm not my favorite song is whichever one I'm listening to at the time yeah, um, yeah. quite literally so it's it's hard to say does that set it apart from some previous yeah. albums then just the, the I hate to say the quality of the songs but the but maybe that's what it really means is am, am I gonna hear a song and go man I wish they would have dumped that one or am I gonna go wow that one's just as good as the last one, if not better. I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So, um, I mean, I can't guarantee that you would love every single song on the, on the album. But um, to me, there's, um, there's very little to no fluff in it. Mm -hmm. there's, uh, we do, there, there are no songs on there that were done because we needed yeah. an extra song. In fact, we had too many songs. And it was a heartbreak to have to cut any of, any of them off of the CD in the first place. Now, Jessica, when I asked that question, your response was, oh, no. <laughs> Why was that your response? It's, I feel the same way. It's probably the first time that I haven't, you know, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm listening to this album, I don't skip around. I don't go, okay, that song was fun, and then I move on to the next one. I really do enjoy every moment because where you know I might normally think, oh, these are my favorite lyrics, then one of the musicians comes up with this incredible, you know, vice versa. And so I think that each song has its own unique um, texture, but really, honestly, I don't think I could think of any song that I would prefer over the others. And maybe it's just because that night was so special and, you know, two hours of just intense, incredible worship. And so I guess the sentimentality of it also plays a factor in that. Yeah, and these are, you know, what's your favorite song questions are always the worst questions to ask in an interview because nobody really wants to answer that question. Um, but I figured since we're friends, I could just ask the dumb question and get it over with, right? I will say that one of my favorite moments, <clears throat> about the third song in, in, in uh, Night, 
and what I was feeling as the worship leader in that moment. Um, the third song into the night is a song called uh, Let It Show. And, um, you know, anytime you, you lead worship for uh, especially a large group of people, um, you're taking all of those, at least you should be as a worship leader, taking all those people on a grand tour of God's character. And um, so the more people you have, you, sometimes it, it takes a little bit longer to, to build momentum with all of them. And um, so third song in, and I just felt just a little bit of a disconnect. You know, there were some, because we have a lot of people that come once a year just to come and, and see what the recording is yeah. all about. In other words, they haven't necessarily come to worship. They've come to uh, watch. And I don't like watchers in worship services. So we just took a minute to just kind of break up the flow, break up this, break up the song show. This is not just a concert. This is not a concert at all. This is, this is uh, um, an invitation to, to see a new facet of God. And um, so kind of pause there a little bit and um, just did some spontaneous worship. And the stuff that happened, the spontaneous track that follows Let It Show, is probably one of my favorite moments on the recording because of what what transpired in and feeling um, as a worship leader I've learned to pay attention to those moments when you when you can feel a shift in the atmosphere of everyone kind of getting it you know I, yeah. I, I I teach other worship leaders it's like uh, leading worship every time you're up there is kind of like teaching a child how to, how to ride a bike. Not that I'm saying that people that come are children, but you know, like when, when you're running alongside <clears throat> the bicycle holding on until they get their own balance. And once they get their own balance, you don't keep hanging on, you let go and you let them do it. So a good worship leader knows the moments of when to let go and let them have it. And because now, because you've brought them in to lead them into worship, not for you to do it for them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can relate to that as a worship leader myself. Some people on my team don't understand that. Why do you just stop singing or why do you back away? It's because yeah. they got it handled. And it proves, to, it proves to the people that they are worshiping, that they can do it. All right, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you one more question, just because I don't want this to go on forever, because I want people to listen to this and then I want them to go download the deluxe edition <laughs> off of iTunes. Right. If they get tired of sitting at their computer for 45 minutes, it's just never going to happen. Uh, this, again, was your last recording for CFNI. Were you aware of that fact when you went into the recording, and did that maybe change the sentimentality of it or just your approach? Uh, yeah, we, were, we, we knew it was coming, um, <clears throat> and it, it did probably shift uh, sentimentality quite a bit. It puts a greater weight yeah. on it uh, for a few reasons. Um, First, um, objectively, this was Christ for the Nation's 40th recording, for crying yeah. out loud. I mean, 40 yeah. is a milestone. We felt a lot of weight in regards to um, uh, the symbolism of that and, and what does that mean in, in God's calendar and you know stuff like that. And so we really wanted to honor that. But then on a personal note, knowing that this would be our last, our last one, really wanted to, you know, end well, end strong, you know, mm -hmm. leave better than you came kind of thing to the best of your ability. I think 
one of the things that really resonated with me throughout the entire process this time was I want to leave it all out on the field. You know, I, I don't want to leave CF and I after being there for seven years in some capacity and be the same girl that, you know, at 17 came and was terrified of the stage. Like I want to be able to show people, you know, that this place not only is training world changers, but it has changed me. And so there was a lot of, for me personally, in, in my expression, there was a lot more boldness, like even in the way that I chose to yeah. dress and everything that I did was very intentional. Like I'm not going to step off this stage tonight and regret not doing something. They can always cut, but they can never add to. And so I just want to give them everything I've got and we'll figure it out later. And so going into that night was was really different than any of the other times where I thought, okay, you know, I want to be conservative. I don't want to do too much because then, you know, it'll be more difficult in post. It was just, look, we'll get it out there and then we'll figure it out later. And um, my favorite, my favorite moment of that night in regards to sentiment was um, the very last song was over and then Gabe went into I Exalt Thee. And so we just started singing it out. And all the singers that had been on the stage at some point in the night came back out on the stage. And as we were singing, Gabe was just saying, you know, 40 years of declaration from this place. We're standing on the shoulders of the saints and we're declaring that you alone are God. And it was just so cool to see the full circle. I, I think that was really it for me, was just the full circle um, theme that resonated throughout everything that we did this year. Very cool. Well, thank you guys for sharing about the album. Obviously, we're going to hopefully hear more from you as contributors on Frequency as we go forward. There's already been several posts from both of you, but that doesn't mean that I won't be you know, wielding the uh, editor's whip and make you produce something more just to justify your existence. Um, but the album is out there. It's called Kingdom by CFNI. We're going to we'll be linking to it. There'll be a review. It'll be a glowing one because how could it be uh, any less, right? You guys are supposed to go, yes, right. yes, oh, your enthusiasm. Let's keep it going, folks. Come on. At any rate, uh, guys, thanks for your time today, and uh, we'll look forward to you more on Frequency. Bless you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know.